Real life events and true crime that happens every day. These stories may contain adult language and graphic or disturbing details not suitable for everyone. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to another episode of War Stories. I'm Chuck. Oh, I'm Matthew. I'm the guest this time. <laughs> Dramatic pause. <laughs> Much cheese. Uh, uh, yes, this is War Stories. This is not Locker Room. Tom could not join us today uh, because he thought it was important, more important, um, to do some, some uh, thespian things. He so. wanted to he wanted to prance around in tights and chainmail and carry a sword. So. And uh yeah. yeah, you know, priorities. Also the clickety clackety zinc. Yes, the coconuts. Yeah. Well, we wish him we wish Tom all the best in his endeavors with that. I mean that's a pretty cool uh adaptation of uh Monty Python's Holy Grail. It's called Spam a lot. So yep. if if we had it televised, we would tell you, hey, go look at it there, but uh, we don't, but we wish Tom all the best in his uh, rehearsal tonight. So, yes, to where we're at. <clears throat> and uh, with that being said, we were going to talk about it today, but since Tom's not here, you guys are going to have to wait. It's basically over a uh, over 200 service members sign a letter against military leaders. Um, so we're going to talk about that. It has to do with the, all the COVID mandates and things like that, and and it's basically. But we talked about it on Locker Room a little bit, right? Um, yeah, yeah, we like, totally teased it a little bit there, too. Right, yeah. It was like a manifesto or something to the American people. Right, right. Yeah. So, so that'll be cool. interesting to get our takes on it, get Thomas's take on it, and especially Marco's take on it. 100%. That'll be, that'll be a good discussion, and we'll get all avenues. Yeah, so... Speaking yeah, of all avenues, cool. I'm excited that I am now qualified to officially be a guest on this program. Well, no, <laughs> I'm always officially qualified. I've always, I've always, I, I'm a, I'm a vet, but like now, like I'm, like currently doing shit that I can talk about. So that's exciting. It's not just hashing out war stories from the mid '90s of you know right. tales of the high sea. It's you know tales of the high sea. It's Yeah. So yeah. So I'm excited. Oh, yeah. I, I wish Tom could have been here, but you know, the show yeah. must go on as he's well yeah. aware. Yeah, hundred percent. And I know you're going to have so many more cool uh, experiences and things um, in that realm of saving people's lives. The true hero, the true American hero, the EMT and medics. Yeah. That's who you want to see. You don't want to see like cops and shit. Like, you want to see firefighters and these diseases want to like make you feel better and give you drugs and shit um, and save your life. So I know you're going to have a lot more experiences that are just awesome and amazing. And it's, I can't wait to delve into this week's and it's so cool, but you have always been uh, a qualified guest for the show, but now you're even double qualified. So, Hey, that's yeah, awesome. It's great. It's great. Just checking, checking <clears throat> boxes off the old resume. Um, yeah. yeah. So you're an EMT now and I am, how does it feel to, to be actual EMT? Like, what is that like from going from, cause I know we talked to you going through the whole school and everything. And now that you're an actual EMT, how does that compare from the school to actually going out and handling active calls or. Yeah. So, so here's the deal with that. I was, 
I was really hoping, and I'm still looking to get on with like an ambulance company part-time, but because of my regular career that now that I left the prop house and I'm going out on set, I don't have a set schedule. So I've interviewed with about uh, five different private ambulance companies, um, right. two of which back up city and county with 911 calls because I wanted to get on there and do like, you know, a 24-hour shift on a Saturday and a right. Sunday or at least at any, least one 24-hour shift. Is there any yeah. of that Hall Ambulance Company? Uh, no, it was with um, uh, AMR and um, Falk. So they're like, they were the only ones that were entertaining the idea of hiring a part-time EMT. Right. So I went in there and they all, it's fun. It's funny because, you know, I, I send in all my certs and licenses and FEMA classes I went through and, mm -hmm. you know, my experience so far, um, I go in there and sit down and, and it's always been with somebody who's close to half my age, who's interviewing me, which is funny because I'm almost 50, you know, I'm 48 years old. So that's, that's they're kids, funny. dude. Yeah. That, that's funny right there too. Um, you got millennials. Yeah. And well, no, uh, probably zennials, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe, the most of them maybe. have been like probably like thirties, forties, like right around oh, there, know, for sure. you know? Um, and so, uh, all of these, I had to take like a little test because they want to see, you know, any, you know, you, you can go and, you know, get your, you know, NREMT national right. certification and you get your state license, but they want to, you know, give you a little test and it's, mm -hmm. you know, easy peasy stuff and i go through and you know check everything off and i've done really well in the test and then the interview goes good and talking about it and i i lay the cards on the table i go hey here's the deal i'm in the union with you know the movie industry and i my schedule is not like Monday <coughs> through friday nine to five anymore it's right. you know i could be on a show like you know i throw out hey for example february 14th i'm flying out to the east coast to do a set medic gig and i'm gonna yep. be gone till april 3rd you know and so Right. Unfortunately, because of my career that I'm not going to give up because I make a shit ton of money doing that. They want somebody who can commit to I'm going to work every Saturday or I'm going to work every Sunday or you're going to work Dude. at least three shifts each month. So, you know, they said, you know, you're looking for kind of like per diem work and we just can't yeah. we can't do that. And I get it. It's right. it's hard for them to schedule because it's got to be, you know, I got to have a partner with me. And mm -hmm. can't just keep cycling yep. me like, hey, when I'm available, I'm going to come in and grace you with my presence. You know, it's not yeah. like I'm a freaking paramedic yet or anything. I'm just a basic right. team. So um, it's not like they have reserves where you can come in and just yeah. be reserved whenever you're available. You right, know? right. So what I've been doing, um, I had my first paid gig as an EMT at a Spartan race in November. It was November third and fourth, which is like a Saturday Sunday. Right, and right. And that's through a through a company. Uh, that, that basically does per diem stuff. You go on their web, you, you sign up with them, they, you know, they vet you and, and, you know, same, same application process, just all online. And they, you know, you upload mm -hmm. all your certs and whatnot. And, uh, then you just go on their job board and you pick what you want to work. And I saw a Spartan race and it That's was awesome. like in, it was, you know, it was about like three hours North of where I am. I'm like, Ooh, I can get a little bonus camping trip out of this and like camp right, in right. my freaking rooftop tent and go work the Spartan race and it'll be fun. Um, I didn't friend. even, <laughs> I didn't even ask how much I was getting paid. I mean, I know EMT. You were just excited to do it. Yeah, I just wanted to go do it. That's, I'm not doing it for the money, you know. Yeah. I mean, the set medic stuff, I'm doing for the money because that's right, stupid right, money. Right. But this stuff, I'm doing it just for the experience and just to get out there. And and honestly, not to be cheesy, I just want to get out there and and still serve, you know. And 
Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really going to get that in the set medic world because that's just like watered mm-hmm. down, you know, we'll talk about that later. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I, I, <laughs> I get out there, meet this guy who's the, you know, the supervisor and he's from, he's from Boston. He's a cool dude, cool dude from Boston, nice. right? And we, we click up right away. We just, we hit it off. Um, and so talking, running me through stuff. And I guess I had this air of, I've been doing this for a while. Cause he never asked me how long I've been an EMT. He never asked me if I mm-hmm. work on a rig or anything. Never had, just assumed. And he's like, yeah, so here's, you know, your, your, your PCR, you know, and it's a standard one. It's just not computerized it's on a piece of paper. Check the boxes, blah, blah, blah. Insurance likes to get two sets of vitals on everybody, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then there was, uh, so that, that first day I get there at like six in the morning. Um, there's him, there's, there's two, uh, females, EMTs in the tent. And then mm-hmm. there's two guys, this one guy who's, uh, was a Navy corpsman for a long time and, uh, was, was linked up with, uh, with an MEU. Um, so he's, he was doc. He had, you know, he had his Marines. He was actually out with, um, the, uh, what are you guys is, uh, special forces, the, uh, Marsoc Raiders. Yeah. Yeah. He was out with Marsoc guys. Yeah. Did Those like guys two, are legit. Two, yeah. Did two tours with them and everything. So um, and he's younger than me. And so we just start talking, you know, Navy Gosh. stuff. So we, we hit it off. And so right. he's like, all right, dude, you and me, we're going to run this fucking tent. I'm like, hell yeah, dude, let's go. And there was one other kid who was mm-hmm. 18 just i mean i think the ink on his emt cert was still drying i mean mine was too but i got i got life experience you know <laughs> right right and then right. we have and then we have three people that were out they're called rovers they're out on the little utvs little side by side like can am type things and they are yeah, the yeah. ones that are out there on the course scooping up people and bringing them back to the tent and then we're just stuck in the tent all day and we have people mm-hmm. that walk up to us or we take over the people they bring right. so uh started out you know God, it was like 6.05. The race hadn't even started yet. We get a call on the radio. Hey, medical, we got somebody just pulled up, you know, right at the front gate. There was this old guy who was having trouble breathing. So the three of us, the four of us run out there and he's sitting in the back of the car. And head guy goes up there and he's talking to him, talking to him. And he turns over. he, he He looks back and he goes, hey, does anybody have a stethoscope on him? And I'm thinking, motherfucker, you should. Like, we all should. And I go, yeah, I got one right here in my pocket. You know, I got my... Mm-hmm. it's on me it should be on me he's like listen to his lung sounds i'm like cool so i listened to his lung sounds and everything Dude, said so he had so prepared, bro yeah he's you know it, he didn't two of the guys didn't even have flashlights i'm like here's my pen light i got this flashlight like because it's still dark it's like dark as right. shit out there um so i listened to his lungs and everything and i'm just screwed i'm taking this i'm taking over so i start you know running through you know all the protocols talking to him and everything he was fine he was there's was nothing his lungs were freaking totally clear equal um and everything was cool so i'm thinking like okay this is cool it's like the race hasn't even started yet and we already have this you know old you know vietnam vet he had a vietnam vet hat on you know so we chatted for a bit after that yeah cool dude cool old black dude just cool as shit was he just Um, having a panic attack he he said he was fine but his daughter insisted on bringing him up there so you know, he's like, yeah, I have COPD. And I'm like, man, your lungs are pretty damn clear for having COPD. Like, right. you know, he, he sounded fine. So we're like, cool. And he's like, you know, he's like, I don't, I don't need you guys. He's like, thanks. But just, you know, get on out of here. Um, so that was the start of it. And then uh, we get all set up in the tent. We get our little station set up 
And for the first few hours of the day, there were people coming in with just like boo-boos, just like their blisters, you know, right. broke off and they needed band-aids or people were coming in and asking for band-aids before the race. And we were told by Spartan, their rule is we cannot pre-treat anybody. If we cannot hand out band-aids to you before the race on the off right. chance that you might need it because it'll end up on the course and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. So we're turning all these people away. And, uh, so they literally came around and they're like, can we have band-aids? We know we're going to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Or it was like, go um, to the store. <laughs> it was like, can I, can I get an ace wrap? I'm like, well, what's wrong? Well, nothing. But sometimes I'm like, no, get out of here. Like, I can't Dude, retreat. What? Like, there's nothing wrong with you. I can treat you if there's something wrong with you. Um, right. Like, you know, your own. people coming over, do you have moleskin? I'm like, how are you coming out here and not buying that for yourself? If you know, you get Seriously. blisters, you know, or, you know, right. do you have athletic tape? I'm like, no, we're not sports therapy. We're emts like we, we don't do that like sorry this like, isn't a dicks man yeah like i'm not gonna tape you up with some k-tape or anything like you right. know f off um so at eight o'clock the ambulance for hire was supposed to show up no ambulance shows up wow we're, we were gonna have some par- we were gonna have a dedicated ambulance there because right. we're all emts and we needed like at least one paramedic and a, and a rig right. to transport any criticals so uh cal fire was out there the, the captain was out there and he goes yeah he goes apparently uh the race director somebody at spartan dropped the ball and requested an ambulance for saturday sunday with this company on a friday and they were like we we don't have a rig for you like they're so the day like, before day before is when they requested an ambulance a dedicated ambulance to sit wow, there all dude. day and they're like sorry like we can't like a month yeah wow. so fire captain calls some other ambulance company and gets one out there and he says look we're going to have these guys sit here as long as they can they're not dedicated if they get a call they have to go they have to go we're like okay cool well guess who got a call at about 11 30 and we're out in the middle of nowhere <laughs> so these guys are like they're gone right we're out by like right. um san luis obispo area they're gonna uh, take just like an on the outskirts of that yeah so they're gone right. um then at two o'clock or right around 1 30 all hell breaks loose oh shit so we get we get our first critical come in um uh head trauma this lady fell eight feet head first hit a metal pole then fell another additional like four feet or something like that landed flat on her back (laughs) oh her friends decide Mm -hmm. to give her fistfuls of ibuprofen and acetaminophen Ooh, cool. Before our guys even got to her. So she's Fucking already just fantastic. eating these like they're like they're TikToks, right? Like your Tic Tacs, right? You like your livers and kidneys. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh so, my God. So she gets to us. Of- she's dehydrated. She's just freaking just out of it. She's pumped full of all this freaking ibuprofen and acetaminophen. She can barely understand what where the hell what's going on, right? So that, me and the what you just said ibuprofen? Ibuprofen. It's a- yeah. I no, but ibuprofen is ibuprofen. Yeah, both both of them. She took a yeah. cocktail. Ibuprofen yeah. now. Yep, there you go. So, Anyways. so her head's cracked open and everything, and we get her squared away. And now we're waiting for some paramedics to show up. So Cal Fire sends their truck. So their you know paramedics come, and then we're waiting for the ambulance. Right. Uh-huh. So ambulance finally shows up. We get her out of there, and then from then on chuck dude it was like back to back to back to back fuckery the next guy that comes in because we're all taking turns time go by 
Oh, I was loving it. It was great. Oh, I, yeah. I was frustrated that we didn't pit, have. Bro. Yeah, I, I was frustrated that we didn't have the personnel and the equipment to properly care and transfer, yep. you know, transport mm -hmm. these people. That was very unfortunate, but I was loving it. I was like, this is great. So next guy comes in, 52 or 53-year-old male, um, comes in complaining of severe muscle cramps. He's barely walking. His legs are shaking. I go over to the to the UTV. I throw his arm around my shoulder. And me and the driver are walking him. He's he's conscious, alert, yep. you know, just, you know, crying like a girl. Walk him over to the tent. I sit him down. And then he starts just hyperventilating, just big time oh, hyperventilating. So Here I'm like, go. dude, like, I'm like, let's get your breathing under control. Let's get your breathing under control, you know. And uh, pickle juice, yeah. Matthew Lowry just like give him pickle juice, yeah, or mustard, right? <laughs> is it mustard? Mustard packets is the current uh, rave out there. Um, so he's sitting so there, and, I, and I'm I'm like coaching his breathing down. I'm like, come on, breathe with me in through your nose, out through your mouth, in through your nose, out through your mouth. You know. So now you're like, so yeah, and so now I'm, I get his breathing down. He's like, I need oxygen, I need oxygen. I'm like, no, you don't. Just breathe with me. Like we're gonna calm you down. You just need to, you know, cool your jets a little bit. So I get him calmed down um get his blood pressure it's a little elevated nothing crazy i don't remember what it was but it was just a little above norms right mm -hmm. and so i'm like all right dude um you know what's going on he's like oh i'm, I'm just cramping i'm you know I, I feel lightheaded and dizzy and everything i'm like all right when's the last time you ate or drank anything and he says well about 7 30 this morning i had a banana and two gatorades and I look at my watch. I go, cool. It's like two thirty. Like, and I say, what? What Nothing. part of the course did they pick you up on? Uh, I was in between mile nine and mile ten. I was like, awesome. Yeah. When's the last time you urinated? Oh, before I had the banana and the Gatorade. Cool. <laughs> cool, dude. When'd you Something stop sweating? This, yeah. Oh, like <laughs> this dipshit didn't drink anything out on the course at all. Bro, didn't so you have a I said, cool. So he had nothing, oh, nothing, smart. Chuck, nothing. Smart. And they have like little snack and, and drink stops. He said he had mm -hmm. nothing. So I'm like, cool. So I got this little electrolyte mis mixture. I'm like, cool. You're going to sip on this and you're going to stay with me till I see you pee. Like that's what we're doing. Yeah. And uh, oh, also with Spartan Race, because you can win money and it's you against the clock, everybody wears a little right. timer on a, on a wristband thing. So whenever somebody oh. comes in to the tent and they want to get treated, whether it's a Band-Aid, anything. If you walk off the course and come to our tent, I have to cut your timer off. You're done for the day. So like, oh, shit. Yeah, because once I once I put gloves on and touch you and treat you, you are disqualified from the race. You are not allowed to go Holy back crap. on the course. Yeah. You bet you so a lot to stop people. Oh, a lot of people were like, all of a sudden was like, oh, maybe this blister isn't so bad. I'm like, ah, that's what I thought. Suck. It's a Spartan race, dude. Get out there and be a Spartan. Like, go. Yeah. Um, so, you know, cut this guy's thing off. He's he was hardly even aware of the whole thing happening. And then oh, um that, that far yeah, down. he's sitting there and then he starts getting quiet. And so I'm just kind of got my hand on his shoulder, I'm like, hey buddy, and I'd say his name. You know, I'm like, hey, you know, open your eyes, bud. Open your eyes. He opens his eyes. He looks at me, Chuck, his eyes flutter a little bit, right? Oh, cool. Then they roll back into his head and his Hell chin yeah. hits his chest. And I'm like, cool so i pick him up half ass i kick the chair out from under him i lay him down on the ground right and he's just out i freaking knuckle drag the shit out of his sternum <laughs> right Ooh, trying to wake nothing? his ass up he, he he pops his eyes open 
I'm like, hey, but what's going on? You're like, you know, what's what talk to me here? And he's just like looking through me. So blood pressure cuff is still on. I take his blood pressure and it was like 80 over 80 over 60 or some shit like that. Oh, and then shit, dude. He's yeah. <laughs> and then he's plumbing. And, and then I'm looking at his respirations and his respirations are hovering right around 12. So 12 to 20 a minute is is OK, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, boy. And I look up at my supervisor. I go, hey, ALS. Now this guy's got to go. He goes, OK, man. And uh, I turn around and look at the kid behind me, the 18 year old kid. I go, hey, give me the BVM and the AED. And he goes, what? I go, get me the BVM and the AED. So the BVM is the bag valve mask, little right. balloon with the mask, right? And Can you tell the listeners what ALS is? ALS is advanced life support. So I'm BLS. I'm basic life support. And right. ALS is advanced life support. So it, basically, I was calling for a paramedic, somebody who can stick a needle on this guy's arm and get some fluids going and could, right. you know, has has the advanced life-saving techniques. And uh, so I tell the kid that twice and he and he looks at me and he goes, uh, 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 uh. And I was calm. I said it just like that. Give me the BVM, and the AED. And, he, and, I, and then I yell at him. I go, give me the fucking BVM and the fucking AED right fucking now. And he's, uh, uh, I go, the orange fucking box. Grab the orange fucking box yeah, now. And he's like, what's going to happen? I go, he's, he's going to fucking die. Give me the orange fucking box now. You know? And, so, wow. and there's people you know you know that are that are watching this and i'm like fuck i didn't want to have to lose my cool but i'm like dude if i'm asking for those two pieces of equipment kind of really, important get your head out of your ass yeah like kind of important that's basic that's bls yeah. 101 so he brings yeah. it over uh, now i didn't call. i didn't need the aed just yet but the way his blood pressure and respirations were trending i thought i might so now by the but time this fiasco is over yeah so now by the time this fiasco is over and he gets me the equipment I check his respirations. Now we're at eight. So I'm like, cool. Fucking I get to cool, bag bro. my first guy right on. So <laughs> you're like, <laughs> I'm like, this is great. So it's, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Boom. Don't you die, know, bro. Make sure his airway's nice and back. open. I asked one, of, I asked one of the, um, the Navy guy was working on somebody else who also was fucking on a highway to, Oh shit. Cause he ended up having rhabdo. Right. Um, Oh fuck. That's so, not, yeah. Good. Yeah. So he was already like, yeah, he was going down. So he wasn't available. So I wanted the girls come over and just kind of help me out because I'm just one person here and told my supervisor, I'm like, hey, dude, and I took his blood pressure again and it was um, 60 over 40. Cool. Let me say that again for the listeners. His blood pressure was 60 over 40 and his respirations now were dropped down to six. So I'm breathing for this guy. Yeah. (laughs) Tell my supervisor. I'm like, hey, we're 60 over 40, respirations at six. And he goes, oh, fuck. I'm like, tell them to hurry up. <laughs> like, there's only so much I can do. Yeah. Um, but I'm, again, loving every second of this. I was hoping the guy did, you know, obviously, I'm, I'm you know, trying to stand in the gap here and keep him from fucking dying. But right, at the right, end of the right. day, there's only so much I'm legally allowed to do um, or have the equipment for. Yeah. So paramedics show up. They come over. I'm still freaking breathing for this guy. Um, blood pressure is still right at frick, you know, 40 over 60. And, uh, so, and that was concerning to me because there was that narrowing pulse pressure and they teach you about that in school. Right. And it's like, that's a big deal when the top number goes down right. and the bottom one comes up and they kind of meet in the middle, you're 
you know, all sorts of fuckeries about to happen. It's, it's not good. It's not, not good. good at all. Not good at all. Yeah. So paramedics show up and guy comes over and kneels down. It's Cal Fire because we still didn't have an ambulance. So Cal Fire shows up and he kneels down next to me and he's like, what's going on? So I tell him all the pertinence. I'm like, you know, resp you know, respiration is six. Blood pressure is, you know, 40 over 60. He goes, what? I go, yeah, his BP is 40 over 60, man. And he goes, how'd he come in? I'm like, he was, you know, a no times four. It was, you know, walking, talking, you know, barely walking, but talking and everything was great. You know, complaining of muscle cramps and he just started trending down like fast. Yeah. And so that one paramedic looks at the other guy. I didn't know if he was a, I think he was an EMT that was with him on the rig. And they kind of share this look like, are you sure this guy's, you know, correct? And I go, dude, check his fucking blood pressure, man. Are we sure this Spartan guy EMT is actually reading this shit right? Yeah. Now? Like, oh, fuck. yeah. So, yeah. So <laughs> I said, dude, I said the cuff's still on him freaking here. You want to use my stethoscope? Like, check it here. And so he checks right. it and he goes, oh, shit, he's right. I'm like, oh, turns out somebody knows oh. how to take a fucking blood pressure, huh? Oh, I'm right. Cool. <laughs> Thanks for the vote of confidence, assholes. Yeah. Fucking piss me off. Like, I get it. You don't know me, but come on, dude. Right. Like yeah. the way I was talking I and the way I handed off the patient, I, I know my shit, you know? Oh, um, dude, I've I've seen medics on rigs not speak as clearly as you just did. Yeah. So that says something. And I think it has a lot to do with maturity. Yeah, and, maturity in life. I mean, yeah. I've, I've been through some shit. Exactly. I've seen some horrible shit, you know? I, I can stay That's, calm like that. And exactly. so, uh, so they come over <laughs> and they freaking, <laughs> they hook them up to the you know the monitor and everything and they tap his vein get a get a bag going and then we lift him up onto the gurney and they're standing there talking because now he's he's awake a little bit you know right, he's right. still like because they're waiting for an ambulance like they can't they can't put him in the back of the fire truck they still have to wait for this ambulance to show up right so we're kind of just standing there i mean you can kinda, but yeah i mean it wasn't like life or bad, death bad, bad. at this point yeah i mean they had to take the it guy with bad him. but it was bad but the guy the one ambulance showed up and they took the guy that ended up having rhabdo first because he was in a worse condition these right. both of these guys were fucked but the other guy were they was, able to start a line though right away on my guy yeah 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 they, so that helped a lot yeah they tapped him right away and he kind of perked up a little bit but then yeah, i i, I see that. him i see him laying in the gurney and he kind of lifts his head up a little bit and he's got the like his like the the oh I'm gonna throw up face, and I see him start to lurch. And there's the there's the two <laughs> there's the two Cal Fire guys on his left on his left hand side where he's facing, and I'm like oh shit. Uh -huh. So I take one giant step. I put my hand on the right side of his face and just push his head to the left, just as this freaking total exorcist projectile clear oh. vomit just barely misses the one paramedic. <laughs> And he stops what he's doing and looks over. And I got my hand holding his head while this guy's just freaking exorcist projectile vomiting still oh into God. the dirt right there. And he goes, bro, good looking out. I'm like, you're welcome. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I'm not a fucking idiot. Thanks, not man. Not an idiot. Like, I could have <laughs> let this guy puke all over you, which after the BP comment, I probably should have. Um, I've done some yeah. shit like that in law enforcement where <laughs> someone pissed me off and I was like, I'm not going to tell you. This person has fucking double conjunctivitis. Eat a nice. dick. I hope yeah. you get it. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, ambulance finally comes and they scoop him away. And I still have the dude's glasses because I took his sunglasses off as soon as he came in. Because the guy who picked him up on the course left his sunglasses on. I'm like, cool. How'd you check his fucking pupils? 
You brought him in with his freaking sunglasses on. What the hell? Right. Um, dude. Yeah. How, how'd you even check him out out there? He did. So he just threw him in there and went. Yeah. He threw him in there and goes, oh, let these guys deal with it. Um, exactly. So there was that. And then so that day, that Saturday, we had five criticals that we had to transport wow. via ambulance. Yeah. You bit yeah. off a lot. Three medicals, two traumas. First day. I was like, oh, yeah, amazing. Dude. That was That's a 16 hour day. Wow. You know wow. how much I got paid for that? Nothing. <laughs> Took a while, guys. The total like $12 amount. $12 an hour, bro. Not even. Oh, not even. So you probably are like at 10, so you're 16 hours. You probably got paid like 160 bucks. $160 exactly. It was Holy a shit, I didn't know. $10 an hour? I didn't know. It wasn't an hour. It's a flat rate. So Shut with the, the Spartan race, so it was he, like, you're going to get paid 160 bucks for the day. Now, had that oh. been shorter hours okay cool but yeah out there 16 hours like whatever that's like the feds, you know, it was dude. fun the feds were like come work for us we'll give you a 20 percent incentive to work overtime you don't have to work overtime but if you do get overtime we're paying you now for it you don't get to put in anything extra so you get your 20 percent. if you yeah. don't work overtime you got 20 percent extra on your check if you do and you get abused you're well over that that cap getting right screwed. right so it sounds like you were well over that cap getting screwed at a, you should have been time and a half at, at some point and you were yeah. 16 hours for 160 bucks. You made $10 an hour. That is shit. However, you did get a lot of really good experience that oh, absolutely. people in your class probably don't even have to this time. This day. You're not going to get that getting hired on with a company that just basically no. transports people to, to doctor appointments. You know, no, you're good. No, like, you're gonna, which you're, I can you're go get, get none of it. You're gonna lose a lot. Yeah, none, none of it. You're gonna, you're gonna lose a lot of knowledge and everything. Holy so shit. that, I mean, it was, it was great. <laughs> I enjoyed it. And then the next day, the next day we well, had there's a day two. two? Yeah, the day, this was Saturday. This was just day one, Saturday. <laughs> so, <laughs> so then, so great. after we're done, after we're done, well past the sun went down. Right, oh I my drive gosh. my twenty minutes to my campsite and set up. I fry up a steak, have a couple beers um take a shower and go to bed basically because i had to be back out there in just a few hours so get Sunday, Rangers? Yeah. yeah yeah yes sir had a couple i had a had a one pound ribeye and about three or four voodoo rangers and took a shower and went to bed <laughs> one pound i brought my air fryer with me dude i know you did yeah oh you remember i posted that picture yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> you took a shower out there how'd you take a shower though back shower it's it's a regular campsite so they had showers it was a it was a dollar oh. for a shower oh yeah oh, oh, no dude oh, i i oh. i was like i'm not camping camping like typically i wouldn't go to places like this but i went to a campsite there was a 17 foot rv spot full hookups 104 bucks for two nights i figured fuck it if That's anything awesome. i lost i lost between gas money and the the campsite like i didn't really make any money that weekend but again I didn't ask how much I was going to get paid. I just went out. I just wanted to do it for the experience. And so, so what happened day yeah. two? So day two, lo and behold, at eight o'clock, two ambulances show up because oh, the Cal fire captain said, fuck this. Like, cause he yeah. was there watching everything that was going down. The guy who was, who was the supervisor for the company I work for was literally leaning up against a fence with both arms, kind of just casually watching us work. And I guess the, he told me this on the second day. He goes, yeah, the race director came over and goes, 
hey, how can you just lean up against the fence all casual while all hell's breaking loose? He goes, and it was when all this crap was going on. He goes, see those two guys? And he goes, yeah. He goes, they know what the fuck they're doing. I don't need to be in there. I'm like, oh, nice. Right. <laughs> so, I'll yeah, but apparently, be quite yeah, appar- apparently Cal Fire uh, Captain was a little upset. So not at us. We did great with what we had. Right. But he arranged for two ambulances to be there. One de- one dedicated and one just to do transports. He's doing the freaking so, race director's job. He must have been so happy. Yeah. So uh, oh uh, day two, we only had three transports to the hospital. We had uh, two medicals and one trauma. And the one trauma, it was this uh, this couple, you know, little little Barbie girl and this big jacked freaking six foot five guy. He carries her into the tent and I just see her ankle just fucking just kind of flopping like just just like loose meat. Right. Hell yeah, dude. So sits her down and I go, oh shit. So I go over and get a splint and get some gauze and some freaking wraps and everything and ice packs and run over there and I'm starting to splint it up and I, I look over at, you know, I, at, at supervisor I go, hey, have one of the medics just come over here. Just just because they're here. Why not use them? You know, we don't have to, we're not trying to sell ambulance right. rides, but she clearly has to go to the hospital, whether she's going to the back of the ambulance or hubby over here is taking her. She's gone. Right. So I start putting the splint on and uh, she goes, do you think it's broken? And I laughed. I just, I, yeah, I laughed. I said, yeah. yeah, it's fucking broken. She goes, well, how can you be so sure? And I said, look at your right ankle. She goes, yeah. I said, now look at your left ankle. She goes, yeah. I said, that should look like your right ankle. Like they should both look like your right ankle. Right. And she's like, oh, and the husband's like, babe, it's broken. It's 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 broken a little. I'm, and I'm thinking it's fucking mangled. Like what the fuck? Yeah. I mean, it was just. That shit's hanging. It was hanging there. I'm like, oh, crap. You're going to so, go yeah. to surgery. Yeah. So it was, it was cool because those two days I got a nice healthy mix of some medical stuff that I got to do. And then some traumas, you know, we had a, a good uh, head trauma, a good, good, you know, low extremity trauma. Um, so it was exciting. It was, it was really nice. That was in, that was in November. I got my card and everything in October is when I finally got my license to where I can right. actually practice. Cause as you recall, right after my class, I did my finals and everything. And then I hopped on a plane, went to Austria for Yep. Two weeks and had to come back and then wait two weeks right. to take my test and blah, blah, blah. So it was nice to get out there. Um, so yeah, my first yeah. first go at it, you know, 160 bucks each day. <laughs> but, wow. Dude, that's nothing. That's nothing. Yeah. That's yeah. like the price of gas to get there. I think I might have broke even. I might have with the food and beer I bought. Yeah. Beer was optional, but I had to buy all those steaks because that's <laughs> what I fucking eat. Um, but food, gas, lodging, I probably broke even, but I had a blast. It was a total yeah. blast. It was nice to be able to actually practice everything. I even had I brought my own kit with me, even though they supply everything. And good damn thing I did because right. whoever had all the supplies for that Spartan race, they put them in like this big plastic pallets and it just goes around the country with them and the people are supposed to reorder stuff i right. had to go in and grab some of my own stuff because i needed like larger band-aids i needed they another ace wrap i needed some more gauze and thank god i brought right. my own kit you know um so yeah it was uh it was quite the experience that was my first you know <clears throat> run out Your the first gate outing out yeah, yeah. first outing out so, so to say the least you had 
<clears throat> basically baptism by fire. You got thrown into the thick of it right off of the bat day one. And absolutely. And I didn't tell anybody, I didn't tell anybody there that I was a brand new EMT. Right. And I, and I didn't, and I didn't perform my job like I was either, which I'm proud to say, which, right. um, one of the Cal fire guys, that. uh, one of the Cal fire guys I was talking to after that first uh -huh. medical and everything. And he goes, how long you been a medic? And I said, excuse me. He goes, how long you been a medic? I go, I'm, I'm a basic EMT dude. He goes, what? I go, yeah. And he goes, we've well, been doing this for a few years, right? I'm like, I'm relatively new. I didn't want to tell him this is my first day, you know. I'm relatively new, you know. But it was a nice, it was, yeah. it was a nice reassurance that I know that I'm right, that I'm capable, that I'm doing the right thing, and I'm getting, you know, uh, a pat on the back from somebody who's been doing it for years and years and years, and thought I was too. So that was a nice, uh, you know, not that I need an ego boost, but it was nice to know that I, right. I'm doing right. I'm, I'm doing it was right. nice hearing that it's nice yeah it was it was, okay, it was nice i'm not fucked up yeah yeah that was the the best thing i ever had when i was on the <clears throat> when i was uh working in the field i had a, a guy come up to me a, a, a training officer and he was like hey man like i know you're new here at this station i was like yeah he's like dude you're like how old are you and i was like i told my age he's like holy shit he goes so did you come on like right out of the gate? Like you have like five, six years on almost 10 years on, like something like that. And I was like, no, nah, dude, like that was my second year, second and a half year. I'm home my third. And he's like, y'all, you don't, you don't look like it. You don't, you don't act like it. Not at all. And I was getting that shit on probation, dude. They're like, nice. that's a probationer. I was like, like, yeah, like, oh, dude, he's just like a regular partner. Like we didn't even know like, oh yeah, he's on probation, but he's got a shit wire tight. Like, and I think a lot of that has to do with the bearing from the military. Absolutely. And that carries over even that short amount of time, three years, four years, it carries over into a lifetime because you live that structured way for so many years, it becomes a habit for the rest of your life. And then it just, yep. it molds you into a different human. And I think a lot of that has to do with the military and then your, your experience, your life experiences, you know, that you've dealt with makes you that much more well-rounded of an EMT because you have all this shit going forward and the military to back it up. So, right. Right. Yeah. It's awesome. I can only imagine your first gig went like that. What did your second gig look like? So second one, paid gigs. yeah, yeah. So That's my, funny. my second one, um, after that was, <laughs> that was funny because, uh, after that, I, that Spartan race, uh, we ended Sunday night, hopped in the truck, hauled ass home, <laughs> threw my clothes all my emt clothes in the laundry unpacked real quick pulled everything out of the truck uh because the next morning i was hopping on a plane to ithaca new york for my first set medic gig that's right for, and i think i was out there for i think it was a seven day shoot i was out there for nine days so you get the, out there the day before and you leave the day after um so that was gonna be my first set medic gig and uh so can you describe the the uh the the similarities and the differences between a paid emt gig at like a spartan race something like that as opposed to a set medic oh god it's night and day night and day so set medics are for television movie tv productions right and you're basically not only are you there to respond to any said emergency, but you're also right. like the safety officer. It's also on you 
to look at what people are doing and stop somebody before they do something stupid to you have the authority to be like, Hey dude, you can't put that ladder there like that, you know, and, and the buck stops with you. And it's nice because uh, the way a, a production crew runs, everybody's in a department, there's art department with props and set deck mm -hmm. and there's, you know, production and, and you know, camera and, and sound and there's the grips and, and everybody reports to the top dog in that department set medic. I'm my own. I'm, I'm an Island. I'm my own person. I don't report to anybody, but the production manager. Because so, you can't, you can't have that conflict of interest. You know, yeah. I mean, I'm, if I'm speaking on my ass, let me know I'm speaking on my ass, but you can't have that conflict of interest. And especially in a, in a position where you have to tell people that are in charge of the whole fucking thing. Hey, no, stop. You have to be, it's like a range safety officer. You have to be yep. able to, who cares if the chief is there? If you see something unsafe, you have to be able to call it unsafe and stop the whole thing. Fire, whatever and I, I would say it's almost as similar as that because you have to be able to tell people that are in charge of the whole gig hey pause stop this is not right or this person is seriously injured we got to fucking bounce there's no like taking right. this up we need to leave. right yeah type of thing fact, all, am i right on that you're you're absolutely correct and it's also awesome was my responsibility before i got out there i had to do research to see where the nearest hospital was if I need to call 911 for advanced life support to show up, who am I calling? Yeah. You know, what that changes your you way know? of treatment too. If you know it's 20 minutes out, you're like, Shit. exactly. So you have to know where all the, you know, where's the nearest uh, emergency room? Where's the nearest urgent care? What's, you know, who's, is it, is it city? Is it county? Right. Is it volunteer? Who's responding? You know, what's, you know, where's so, the best ingress, egress? Correct. So right. I had to do some homework on all that, which I did before the Spartan race because I knew I was going to have time to do it, you know, like right, you know, right, off right. the plane the next day. Um, so yeah, so something like that, typically they don't travel set medics, like they would hire a local person out there in New York. Right. Um, I have some pull in the non-union world Just a, a little, little bit with you some of the people bit. I know and the person I'm married to. So um, the whole industry is it's nepotism and I'm going to use, 100%. I'm going to use it <laughs> until I the don't corporate need to world is 100% nepotism. Yeah. You have to, like, you got to use that to get your foot in the door and then yeah. you establish your own reputation and then you ride your reputation. You know, then, then you're no longer, you know, oh, it's so-and-so's kid or, oh, so-and-so's husband. It's right. No, good on that. You know, you want to hire him. So that's just kind of what I'm trying to do. So I had a nice little run out there. And uh, so the difference is, as far as what you're doing, not only are you doing that, um, treatment stuff, of course, you know, you have to be prepped for anything. You have to have your own kit. So I did, I brought my own kit. I own my own AED. I have a full freaking, you know, trauma kit. My, my freaking backpack i trounce around on out there on that dairy farm it's like 40 something pounds i mean because i have to have everything on me right i don't have an ambulance you know i'm just basically you know it's me in my backpack and everything and all yeah, the over the counter med yeah absolutely and then i brought additional stuff that i kept you know at my hotel room i knew we were going to be on a dairy farm out there okay so what are going to be some hazards i'm thinking of well trip hazards you know ankle foot knee uh -huh. you know we're going to be out trancing around. Someone could slip on cow shit or mud, you know, the weather. Head injuries. So, yeah. So I brought extra uh, hand warmers and foot warmers, even though production provides those. I wanted to have extra ones. I brought extra ice packs. I brought extra splints. I brought extra ace wraps. I brought, you know, just extra, extra, extra stuff um, that I can just, you know, shove in, in, a, in a, another bag to have with me out oh, there in case I needed to resupply on the run. Um, so those 
seven days filming, I handed out a bunch of ibuprofen, a bunch of Advil. And I think I got into about three Band-Aids. Oh, so. And that was it. Relatively different than your first gig. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> super, super boring because nothing's happening, but also good that it's super boring because that means everybody was safe and everybody was, you know, right. went went home relatively uninjured. Someone get yeah. kicked in the head by a fucking cow. Someone get kicked by a cow. <laughs> and to be fair, to be fair, the ibuprofen that I was handing out was 90% related to the previous night's drinking activities. That's what I was going to say. Those That's what it levels. was. That's what it was. Yeah. So, and then the pay is drastically different. Uh, as a set medic, you are so grossly, ridiculously overpaid. It's not even funny for what you're Well, doing. I wouldn't say it's overpaid. It's overpaid from what you were getting at the Spartan Race, but you're getting paid <laughs> true to your abilities. Well, okay. But I mean, look, I'm not going to... Anybody out there listening, I'm not going to say what it is. You can go on an internet search and see what a set medic makes in a right. day. You know, and it's it's uh, it's pretty ridiculous. It's it's in line with everything else in movie production, what you make, because you make good money working the movies. And that's right. why it's hard to get into. And that's why, you know, everybody wants to do it. Um, but for for what I did, yeah, it was a lot of just standing around and just I mean, it's nice. I could float around. I talked to everybody. I talked to people above the line, below the line. Mm -hmm. And by above the line, below the line, I mean, like production, like I could talk to, you know, talent, the you know, producers, directors are like above the line. That's, you know, if you imaginary, uh, right. an imaginary line of, of, a, of a pay separation. Right. Um, and then below the line is the crew, you know, I'm below the line, right. you know, when I do this or when I do props or anything, but it's nice to, I don't have any loyalties or allegiances to every average is $20 and 40 cents an hour. Matthew. That's what Matthew, uh, Matthew said. <laughs> no, 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 wait. no, it's way, a little bit higher, buddy. It's, it's and you're forgetting per diem and, and yeah. travel. <laughs> yeah, no, Matthew, you, you are money, man. Send, send, send me a message on my Instagram. We'll chat. That's uh, that oh. is not anywhere near the average hourly for a set medic, especially not coming from California, dude. Yeah, if I was to go do let's put it this way as a law enforcement, law enforcement officer with you. A few years of experience. I mean, I only have a decade of experience under my belt, plus. Uh, but if I was to go and do like a job where someone needed me to, to run security for the night or for the day, like private security, um, like bodyguard type of shit, right? My base starting is $60 an hour. Why? Because that's what I make on a regular day. Yeah. Most people who do like that type of personal security or they do some sort of set medic, they're going to get paid comparable to what they would be making if they were making like a high amount at like a, a fire, like a county or a city type of thing, or they're going to be making 10% more than that. So a lot of jobs would get paid 75. There's a lot of jobs out there that I could get paid 75 an hour or 80 because you are getting paid for your skill level. Because they can go grab any sh right. Joe Schmo off of, of of like a guard card or or whatever who you know whatever and, and pay them dirt cheap, right? But because they want comparable people, they pay higher than that, and that's kind of what you're getting with these set medic gigs. Because 
you you have you can't be a moron because if something happens, that's a that's a famous person you're dealing with. You're done yeah. if you let that person yep. die. And here's the deal: I've heard a lot of horror stories about set medics that have been doing this for a while that, right? Uh, you know, are you know out of weight, uh, out out of shape, overweight, uh, sleep, uh, play on their phone the whole time, sit in a corner in a chair, can't find them, sit in their car, and I'm like, God, at the very least, you get to wander around a movie set and just kind of watch that magic happening which sometimes it's fun sometimes it's not but but you have to make yourself available and visible yeah and so the biggest so my first set medic gig i'm out there and i didn't tell anybody uh some of the people some of the producers that hire me because they're you know because my relationship with them knew it was my first first gig but uh from i got comments from one of the uh camera crew guys um the director oh, yeah. and a couple of the other um you know like a, a grip and and somebody else and they all basically kind of said the same thing said you know you're the most hands-on set medic i've ever worked with and i said well what do you what do you mean oh, i said i'm just i'm just here and they said no like we always see you but you're never in the way perfect like, yeah and i'm like that's what i'm Fucking supposed to be plus, doing bro. like yeah Exactly. Go, no, it's great. Like we always know we can look and you're always where you should be, where there's right. a potential for something to happen, but you're never in the right. way. And I'm like, you have oh, good common sense. Yeah. Yeah. There's that. I, um, dude, that is my pet peeve. When you have someone who's new or it doesn't even have to be new. They could just be a shitty fucking officer. Right. And you deal with these people and you run on a scene and it's a hot scene. You don't want to have to be delegating. Hey, go do this. Hey, go do that. Right. You want to be like, hey, this is what we got to get done. And everybody, go, you, you you divvy out the like the assignments. Hey, go. Or you don't because it's that fast moving and you're like, hey, this is what we got. This is what we got to do. Then people start calling out, oh, I'll do this. I'll do this. I'll do this. And because everybody's gelling and every you work with these people for such a long time, they, everyone's gelling. Then you get this other person in here who's just really bad at his job or brand fucking new. And they're like, what do I do? And they just stand there waiting to be told yeah. what to do. And that is the yeah. biggest pet peeve. And, and for people to come on the job, whether it be fire, police, which is includes medics and all that stuff, if you have to be told what you're doing, you're probably in the wrong line of work. Yep. If you don't have to be told what you're doing and you just kind of go out and do it, you you have the this you're going to be a natural at the job. Like you're gonna you're still going to have to learn things and do things, but you are going to be so well rounded at this job prior because you you common sense, you think calm under, under pressure and under stress military and that is going to be such a big stepping stone for you and it's going to help you so much in your further your career because you're not an idiot right you have yeah. common sense like it's not right. that difficult yeah you know? it's really not yeah no so yeah. you have the training so, yeah yeah so, so cool, you know dude. Did, did that got back home went and did a tough mutter this time i was the guy out on the golf cart driving around that was the was... one in, in vegas right no that was the one in um Lake Elsinore. Oh, okay. I was in oh, Lake that? Elsinore. That was fun. I got on my own little four-wheel drive go-kart, and it was with the same guy from the Spartan race that was running it. Right. Oh. So I link you. up with I link up with him, and uh, we had to go out there on a on a Friday for twenty five dollars to just hop on the cart and drive the course, and just which was nice. I got to get out there oh, yeah. and see where all the obstacles are and where everything is, and we have our map. And he's like, "All right," he goes, "Everybody, you know, you know." I don't care what zone there's four zones. There's four of us and there's four zones that we're going to cover. And I look at him, I go, Hey, what do you think if I take zone one 
um, just so I can stay near to the tent where where you are because you don't know who's going to be in the tent, right? He goes, I was actually going to have you just be zone one. He's like, you're going to be my rover, my rover rover, because there's like two obstacles away from the tent and the last four that were by the tent. He's like, we'll handle all those. He goes, I just want you everywhere on the course. He goes, just drive around all day. He goes, do whatever the fuck you want and just tell me where you are. And I'm like, right. all right, cool. So I was, you know, hanging out and a couple of times I had to get called back in the tent to help because there was some, we had like five brand new, brand new, like still had, you know, tags on their pants, EMTs, um, oh. which, you know, hey, I, that was me not too long ago, but these are kids. They're also 18, right. 19 year old kids. Right. Um, yeah. So God bless I'm them, out there, I'm out really there good. driving around and. You know, I hear somebody get a call for you, like, hey, zone three, go pick up this person, blah, blah, blah. So then I zip over to zone three and I radio back in, like, hey, I'm going to stand out here and cover zone three. He's like, right on. You know, so I was doing what I knew needed to be done because my right. zone was like non existent for, you know, it was like the the first mile of the race and the last mile of the race where there's really no obstacles. Right. Um, so that one we had, I happened to be right place, right time for uh, two critical calls. Uh, one Ooh. was, yeah, <laughs> one Ooh. was, a was a hip fracture later, later to oh, be found shit. out as a hip fracture. I thought it was a hip uh, fracture. turns out it was a hip fracture. Um, there's this, uh, obstacle that's like a half pipe that you have yeah, to yeah. run up. Right. I've done it. And it's, yeah. And it's so that, that it's, I think it's, I forget the name of it. They have all these funky names, right? But it's, it's basically like a, something. Fucking it's, it's, something a, it's a, it's a 53 foot semi-trailer that the side of it yeah. folds down and creates this half pipe. And so yeah. people run up and typically there's people up top and you, they have their arms down to help their friends up. Cause tough mutter isn't about you versus the clock. It's team building. It's helping each right. other, you know, no person left behind. So this lady who was 60 something years old, scampers up this, misses her friend's hands, plants her foot, twists sideways, falls about six feet right on her right hip. Right. So I haul ass out there. I drive right up to the ramp. I get out. Now here's the kicker because I was like the Rover Rover um, and they were ill-equipped for all of our carts. I just had a, basically a pediatric backboard, which is about maybe four feet long, uh -huh. like nothing. Right. And, uh, and also my AED had to get taken because they were short an AED somewhere else. So I'm like, Are cool. So I rolled AED. No, 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 no. The, the one they provided. That oh, for it. my cart had to be taken. No, I wasn't going to bring mine out there in the freaking dirt. Um, and so, <laughs> <laughs> so I roll up there and I'm like, I see this lady laying back, you know, and I, I knew it was a possible spinal injury. So I get on the radio. I'm like, Hey, I need one of the other rovers. Like get over here with a, with a full size backboard. I need, you know, I need you now. And so I'm talking to this lady. There's, um, a woman leaning on or kneeling down on her left side and a guy kneeling down on her right side, like by her knees. I come over, yeah. kneel down, start introduce myself, start talking to her and everything. Um, she says it's her right hip. And uh, I see one of the rovers drive by with somebody else that they're transporting just in the seat. And I get on the radio. I'm like, hey, stop, 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 stop. And he's like, what? I'm like, I need your fucking backboard. So I run over there and grab his backboard. Oh. And I put it down on, you know, I, I put it down on the, um, on the right side of the patient and I'm talking to her and I'm like, Hey, do you have any, you know, tingling or anything? And, and the guy mm -hmm. who's kneeling down next to me, he goes, he goes, uh, CMS, uh, CMS on her lower extremities is good. And I'm like, are you a paramedic? And he goes, well, I'm in paramedic school. I'm like, 
cool, you're my number two guy right now. So <laughs> I'm like, right on. And the other lady that's kneeling across from her, she goes, I'm an emergency room nurse. I'm like, amazing. <laughs> like, let's do oh, this. Yeah, dude. I got my own little team now. There and you so, go. Uh, um, so I'm like, all right, let's, let's, you know, let's log roller and get her on this board. And the paramedic goes, uh, he goes, okay, so we'll roll her to us. And I went, or, or, cause remember he's on her right side and her right hip hurts. I said, or right. we can roll her on her uninjured hip and get the board under that. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, oh my God. There we go. Um, yeah, there we go. So we do that. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> basically had one of the, uh, one of the tough mutter, uh, employees bring their pickup truck out threw her ass in the back of the pickup truck and i rode in the back of the pickup truck kneeling down stabilizing her hips the whole time because it's a bumpy you know dirt road and she's just screaming she's you know clawing on my arm just you know right. there's nothing you could do it's like i'm sorry this is gonna suck like i'm sorry there's there's nothing i can do um so get her she scoots off a few hours later same obstacle uh woman runs up again just misses plants her foot falls backwards about six feet head first lawn darts onto the metal ramp so i arrive on that scene there's three trucks there from the tough mutter people there's the sheriff's department is there because they were just buzzing around back there so there's cool. a male female officer right and i walk up and i go hey what's what's going on and she's just freaking loopy right so I'm right. talking to her and I look up at the at the one officer. I go, what's going on here? He goes, dude, I saw the whole thing. I'm like, cool. Tell me what happened. He goes, I was about 20 yards away. We had both our windows down. I saw her run up. She fell straight back, barely hit her shoulders and her head hit. He goes, dude, it sounded like someone hit a fucking gong, like that metal bong. And I'm like, oh, oh shit. I go, okay. He goes, and she's been and she was unconscious for about three minutes. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, oh my God. So now she's kind of coming too, right. Oh, and shit. I'm talking to her. I'm like, hey, what's your name? Uh, 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 do you know where you are right now? Uh, 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 Dude. do you know what day of the week it is? Uh, 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 do you know what happened? Uh, 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 and I'm like, Dude, oh, who's the president? Fuck. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like nothing. Just nothing and then she starts fighting me she's like hold on i'll be right back and i'm like no cupcake you're laying no. down right here so i'm like trying to hold her down again only so much you can do she's trying to get up trying to get up and i'm like oh my god you hate like i'm trying to keep her her freaking head stable but she's getting up and moving around and i'm like oh my right. god this is gonna fucking paralyze yourself so <laughs> i'm like holding her down and i look up at the at the cops i'm like a little help like can can you please help me so she doesn't fuck herself more um yeah. and then uh i call for the ambulance um and i said hey they got to bring the ambulance out here and my supervisor goes what i go tell them to drive the fucking rig out here it's a hard they this is a semi-trailer they got a semi-trailer yeah. back here the ambulance is going to make it on that dirt road like get 100%. them out here so yeah. uh by the time the ambulance got there she was alert and oriented to name and place so there's you know you have to be alert and oriented to four things person place right. you know time and event right she knew her name and she knew where she was but that was about it and Ooh. didn't know fuck all about anything else concussion um, yeah so uh so paramedics show up out there and uh you know got her i had i had her in a c collar had her on the board finally had her like basically strapped down it was it was right. a fight but got her strapped down 
um and uh yeah she got a, a free ride not a free ride but she got a ride out to the to the hospital out there so um, wow but that that no. was a you know that was that was a, an easier day than the spartan race but it was fun because i got to be right. out in that little cart just kind of cruising around um you still got one action. thing i found yeah and like i had a little yellow blinky light and my horn didn't work so when i'm driving emergent to to these two calls like i'm hauling ass i'm going like hauling ass 25 miles an hour but i'm right. on the course you can't drive off the course so i'm yelling at people that are just waving at me like, Hey, Mr. Medic. And I'm like, get the fuck out of my way. Like I have a place to be like, it was so right. frustrating. You know, it wasn't like I had like a siren or lights or, you know, I basically was just yelling, move, move, move. And like, you know, weir, weir. hand motion. Yeah. <laughs> be -do, be -do, be -do. It'd be like, so cool if you had like a whale and a yelp, like, uh, I'm going to do another one of these and I'm going to get one of those stupid little freaking megaphones that you can charge oh, up yeah. that has a little siren thing so I can yell at people. Cause I was like, the fucking horn doesn't even work. I couldn't even you honk. Know, there's some, there's some Bluetooth ones that you can have suction cups and you can just boop, stick up the light and stick yep. up the fucking, uh, the, uh, like the microphone, I guess would be like the megaphone. megaphone. Yeah. <clears throat> and yeah, they make them to where you can stick them up there and you can put the other one up and it's all Bluetooth operates off your phone, hit the lights and then hit the fucking sound. It's like, where, Nice. You know, you dude, get that and just stick it up on those like golf carts and be like, "There we go." Even as a there set mate, everywhere you drive, boom, hit the lights. <laughs> that shit would be so awesome. But they make them. Okay, I have to check that out. Yeah, might be, dude, that might be worth. That might be worth it. You know, or even at the very least, little megaphones like, just, "Get the fuck out of my Hell fucking yeah. way." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have all those cool sounds. That'd be that'd be cool. Yeah. Um. Wow. It seems like you had like such a con contrast to your first gig to your second gig to your third gig even though the third gig was more like your first because people are getting fucked up they're out there they're racing yeah. they're doing all this stuff and yeah. i i did a, a tough mutter and let me tell you what like i can only you know the spartans a little bit more because you're racing against a clock it might be smaller and like less of miles and the tough mutter might be more but in the tough oh no dude like a team the spartans but, there was, was a, they had a they had a fifth they had a a 5k um, there were like three or four different races. There's one's called the beast. It's like, I forget how many miles, but there's one, they had a 50 K too. Like it's so the, like, the tough, the tough has like a, like a 15 K yeah. I think is the biggest yeah, one. It's long as Five fuck for their base, yeah. but it's not timed. Yeah. And if right. you want to do the 24 hour one, that one is like a Spartan where it's all timed. Best top teams get moved to oh, different yeah. rackets and they get they to call compete the, against the other toughest, people for money. Toughest mutter or something like that. I think it's what it's called. Yeah. Funny thing is, John and I, uh, is like my best friend, right? Yeah. And he used to be the host, the co-host of this, of this show. Um, and he's also the best man at my wedding. Him and I young did that. And then we were like, we're going to do the fucking 24 hour one. We're going to make it because we were crossfitting at the time. We were like, damn right. your pro athletes. We we're like, we were top shape of our life and we never did it, but we were supposed to. And I thought that would be so cool to do. And um, it just it just never happened. Thank God it didn't, because we probably got fucked up. To be quite honest, <laughs> that shit's gnarly. Like we did yeah. our tough mutter, and one person got injured, but at the very end, and we helped her through it. And um, she was a, tr a trooper the whole time. And uh, the last obstacle, if they still do it, it's the uh, electric shock therapy. Yep, they still run do through it. And it's the dangling thing, dude. Yep, that shit wraps around your leg, and you get 
bow, you get zapped. Oh, yeah. off timers. So the first one goes off. So you let, if you're at the very end, you have about two seconds to get through before it starts. Re, the, the, all the relays start resetting and start zapping. Yeah. It's on a five second timer each one. And you hear that shit. Oh, you yeah, don't even feel right. it when it hits you. You just drop because it's so like, <laughs> strong. I literally face planted in mud doing one of those things because uh, they're, they're scattered throughout the course. There's like three obstacles that have electric yep. hot wires down. One wrapped around my forearm. Dude, it hit me so hard. I face planted and I was like, what just happened? <laughs> mud all over my they face. Have a, they have a tear gas tunnel you crawl through too. Oh, that's new. Yeah, it's called Crybaby. So, Oh my God. So when we did this, we did this 13 years, 14 years. Ago. Okay. I have 12 on. It was before the, the police department. So 13, 14, 13, 14 years we did this and it was brand new. Tough mutters were new. Um, but we did not have that gas chamber, bro. That oh, would be amazing. Yeah. Cause military guys walk through like, <sighs> yep. Everyone else is like, <laughs> yeah. And as a matter of fact, they had to have like, there were a couple obstacles where they were required to have one of the EMTs just sit out there all day because if there Holy was shit. a respiration hazard or a shock hazard and yeah, for sure. So, because people with yeah. asthma and shit like that now, Correct. so you had, I'm sure you've had, you've had obviously more gigs than. Yeah. I had two other 10. set medic gigs for a, a Hallmark show. Um, that was, again, there was. The only thing was there was one guy on the crew who came up to me and he goes, Hey, I like to tell every set medic that I have epilepsy. I'm like, cool. Do you have some cool, medication? Like little, little nasal plunger there for just in cases. He goes, yeah. I said, you got an extra one on you? And he goes, yeah, I got one in my car. I said, would you mind if I hold on to that till the, uh, the, the end of the shoot? And he goes, yeah. And I said, what are your onset symptoms? You get a little like, you know, foggy brain, start talking gibberish shit, you know, and uh, deja vu. He goes, yeah, exactly. I'm like, all right and he and he goes and he goes i said tell me about your seizures and he goes he goes well i just kind of like space out and zone out i said so you have absence seizures he goes yeah i'm like okay cool i got you he goes man you're the first like set medic that like rattled all that stuff off to me man and i'm like well it's it's basic stuff man i got you man just go, go get me your little plunger and i'll keep it on me i'll give it back to you at the end of the day dude so i know you're like you're a super humble guy and you're like it's basic shit right because you have common sense and you're like, it's basically this is what I was taught. This is all basic stuff. Yeah. However, it is not so basic in commonality. Like there are so many people out there that are garbage. And that gentleman that you were talking to has experienced that. Right. I am so excited to see your journey in this field. Even at this infancy stage, like where it's brand fucking new to see where you're you're at in not just a year, but two years, five years, 10 years down the road, yeah. because you, sir, and not to stroke your fucking ego any more than it already has been, but just to do it a little bit more, you are so well competent in this field already that you are going to go light years, leaps and bounds ahead of everybody else in this field, because you were so competent, not to mention you can also, um, basically relate to the older people in this field that are most right. of the directors, most of the, the, the head dudes, and you're going to have that rapport. And as I, I used to see this in the military all the time, the dudes who'd come in, they were like in their thirties and forties. And they're like, I just want to serve because I, I didn't have the balls to do it when I was younger. I want to do it now. And they do it. And they end up being like some of the top dudes in the military because 
they they have the maturity and all this other stuff. They know what they want in their life and they go out and do it. And that's exactly what you're doing right now is you know what you want in life. You know how to implement it. You you remember your training because this is important to you. You know how life and how how dire it is, how how a split second can change someone's life. Even if right. it's just something is super small. So you you get that and you understand it. it. You're going to go so far, I think, right now, mark my words, you're going to go so far in this field. And it's going to be amazing to watch because the things that you've already said, I'm like, holy shit, dude. Like, it's like you've been doing this job for five, 10 years. You are so competent so early on. And it has everything to do with your upbringing from the military, you know, um, everything else you've experienced in your life and where you're at in your life, knowing exactly what you want and having that common sense because common sense isn't so common. That's true. It's, really it's unfortunate. It's really yeah, not. true. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but there's a lot of retards out there. Excuse my yeah. language. There are a lot of fucking re stupid people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, agree. you shut up, John. Get out of here, dude. I already, I already talked about you. Get out of here. Anyways, but I, I just think it's going to be it's gonna be really good to watch you and, and, and see you propel your, your career in this field. And I can't wait for you to do... Uh, well, one, I can't wait to hear the rest of your stories. And two, I can't wait to hear what you have going on um, in this next venture of your set medic career. Yeah, that I know you're personally excited about. <laughs> I'm so excited about this. And I know we're running long. Sorry, Tom. We're running long. It is what it is. However, I think this is important. I am so like invested in this shit for you because you were doing something that I've always wanted to do. When I was when I was in high school, I just graduated high school. Uh, and I know John knows who I'm talking about. A kid who used to hang out with him was Preston. And he used to do motocross and all this cool shit. <clears throat> and uh, I think we were in our senior year. I was getting ready to go in the Marine Corps. And uh, John's getting ready to go in the Army. And I'm not lying. And so we, uh, we went to this poker race that I guess was, it was, it was like a, a, a fundraiser for not just the school, but for a couple other things. And a friend of ours, Garrett Robinson, um, got fucked up in that. Right. And that was the first tragedy of the weekend. And next thing I know, uh, me and my buddy Preston were, um, we're out there and we're showing support for everyone in racing. And so mm -hmm. we're just out there in an off-road truck Tacoma. And we're just we're just cruising, we're off road, and we're we're having fun, hitting the hitting the washes and stuff like that, just fucking around. And we come across uh, a rollover, and people were ejected. Shit was everywhere, and we had just witnessed it. We're like, holy shit! We start treating for shock. We call in, uh, we call in a life flight. Long story short, we stabilize both of the, these were two high school kids. Me and my buddy Preston, we stabilized two people who had just been ejected from a side by side before they were a thing. Like it was like a gator, you know, right. one of those John Deere gators. Yeah, yeah. And they flipped it, tanked off their mind. And uh, one guy was paralyzed. I knew right off the bat. So I started treating for shock before I even knew what treating for shock was. My other buddy was talking to the other guy. He was freaking out. His wife was losing his, he's like, my wife's going to lose her mind, da, 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 this and that. He was fucked up, but he could still feel his feet. The other guy could not. He was paralyzed from the waist down. Other guy had uh, like, I think a broken collarbone, broken arm, broken leg, um, maybe even broken pelvis, but no broken back. So he could feel his feet. Stabilized them both, called in a life flight. Life flight came, picked them both up, and they both looked at us and they were like, Oh, you guys are like EMTs or something? We're like, No, dude, we're in high school. <laughs> and from that point forward, I wanted to be an EMT so bad or like a firefighter, but it just didn't work out because dude, it was like you said, nepotism. It's so hard at that point to become like LA County or LA City Fire. 
right to do that and i was like i don't want to work amr and get paid seven bucks an hour to be an emt like i just, yeah i didn't want to do that so i didn't do it i want to go with law enforcement but i'm so like happy i know it's a long drawn out thing but i am so happy because you're doing something that i've always wanted to do oh nice i never knew that and it, yeah i always wanted like even now um i i i love the medical calls when i was i could beat fd on the job right beat them to a scene stabilize it treat for shock treat for the their emergent um stuff right then and there the trauma and then be able to stabilize and then get onto the gurney and then go or go with them to the hospital and i had so many of those stabbing shootings fucking ods stuff like that where you're delivering narcans you're doing compressions you're doing sternum rubs all that i always loved it so much and i was like man i always i would love to do it didn't work out um and so i'm so invested in what you're doing because i think it's so awesome helping people and i think it's great and i can't wait for more of your stories and i can't wait for you to come back on and share more as well as I can't wait watching your journey go on and I'm done stroking your ego. So <laughs> nice. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah. No, I'm, you're I'm, welcome, excited. Dude. I'm excited about what the future holds. So yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. definitely stoked about it. Yeah. I'm super excited. And, and you got that new story, that new show coming up and you're getting, you're, yeah. man, I can't wait. I'm going to be fucking. Well, as soon as they, the whole time as soon as the show, as soon as the, as soon as the network, releases that this season is actually coming out i can talk about it a little bit but oh, I can't until wait. then unfortunately mum's the well, word you, you're definitely coming back on not to mention you are a host and we're going to be merging um locker room and war stories i know we've talked about it in locker room but we're going to be merging it. right um so n- not only you but marco you're, he's also going to be a host so get get used to his voice gentlemen ladies and gentlemen matt was going to be a showrunner on this show um for time to come so will marco in and out and um myself and tom included um so everyone get used to this voice you're going to be hearing it more often i can't wait for you to come back on to share more of your stories to be a guest not only to come back on and discuss hot topics that we're uh seeing in the news and things like that and to go and debrief things as well as to have that contrast with marco to come on to ask the pertinent questions as well as yourself included to ask those pertinent questions that we need so we can do better debriefs and serve the community of the, not just where we live, but in the U S of helping them understand what's going on and certain conflicting circumstances with law enforcement. Cause everyone always asks and you see people on Instagram and they always think they're a TikTok lawyer or whatever. Yep. And we're going to help try to break that and answer your guys' questions. Yeah. I'm looking forward. So to it. I, yeah, I can't wait. I know this is ran long. It is what it is. And I know we always give our guests the opportunity to dedicate an episode. But this week, we were messaged on Instagram to do a dedication for an Oakland police officer. They sent us the information through the booking email. And this is going to be the dedication. Oakland Police Department on Instagram in loving memory of Officer Tuan Lee. It is with our profound sorrow that we announce the passing of Officer Tuan Lee, a dedicated public servant, loving husband, and cherished member of the Oakland community. Officer Lee was killed in the line of duty December 29th, 2023 at 8.44 a.m. Officer Lee was surrounded by his wife, mother, and members of his OPD family when he died. On June 1st, 1987, Officer Lee was born in Saigon, Vietnam, 
before later moving to Oakland and being naturalized on September 11th, 2001. On February 21st, 2020, Officer Lee graduated from the 183rd Police Academy, beginning a journey of public service to his community that lasted nearly four years. For the past two years, Officer Lee served as a community resource officer in West Oakland, where he devoted himself to strengthening the bond between law enforcement and the residents of Oakland. His tireless efforts in fostering positive relationships made a lasting impact. Well, rest easy, brother. We have it from here. So as we get ready to close this episode out, there's a few uh, housekeeping details that we need to get in order. Um, bear with me. Pulling it up. just want to say thank you all for listening today. If you like today's podcast and the comments we provide, please help us out by rating and reviewing us on whatever you listen to, Apple, Spotify, whatever you listen to a podcast on. Our podcast is available on all major podcast streaming platforms as well as on our YouTube if you already follow us, please like and share our posts and to help us grow. It also helps the algorithm, all that other fancy mumbo jumbo. Um, please follow us on our Instagram at war underscore stories underscore official and our Facebook at War Stories Podcast. And if you already follow us, please like and share that info. You can also support us by going to our website at www.warstoriesofficial.com. Again, that is www.warstoriesofficial.com. Grab some gear. The two of you that have stuff uh, pending, getting sent out. Don't worry, I'll give you your tracking information, all that stuff soon. I was sick. I didn't want to mail it out while I was sick and everything in the holidays. So I'll throw you in some good shit um, in there. Maybe a free patch, maybe a free shirt. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see. But uh, I feel bad that you guys have been waiting this long, so we're going to get it out. Um, if you think you have a story you want to share, or you want to be a guest on the show, go to booking.warstories.gmail.com. And if you forget that, link in the bio on Instagram and Facebook, you can find all of our socials, our media, and our emails. Um, we are always looking for veterans, law enforcement, fighter fighters, and medics, but also corrections, dispatchers, and nurses. If you have a friend who you think would be a great fit, let them know about us. Give them our booking email, and we can get them booked on the show. Thank you for the support, everyone. Stay safe. Do you have any uh, closing thoughts, Matt? No, I was just thinking... Um... I was trying to find something to close this out with, but I don't think there's a pre-made because I'm kind of running the board tonight and I know Thomas usually does this. I think we just going to have to end it, but uh, no, um, it was a pleasure uh, being on here in this capacity. Absolutely. Um, it's a nice change of pace from the shenanigans that goes on on the other side of the room in the locker room. So I look forward to, uh, you know, being able to hop on here more often and uh, provide some content from a different perspective that I usually do on the locker room. So it's uh, absolutely, you know, it's it's nice, more serious, more slightly more sober. Only had one whiskey during the during this podcast. Uh -huh. So just just one. Hey, man, one. you can drink a little bit more if you want. It's cool. I mean, <laughs> after a couple like the the whiskey, it whispers to me and it says, now you should tell everybody what you really think. And that could be bad. 100%. So, you know, so we'll just leave hey, it to one. We'll just leave it to it one. It is what it is, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for being a great guest. And thank you for coming on and 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 and, and guest hosting with, with me. Um, we wish Tom the best of his luck and his tights and chain mail and singing songs and all that. Yep. Um, and we can't wait to do the next one. And the next one, uh, there's someone who messaged the word dedication. We'll get that dedication on the next one. Um, until our next episode, come home with your shield. We're on it. All right. Good night.
Good night, guys and gals.